following program is produced by the Align in the Sound team. If you like what you hear, please stick around at the end of the show. To find out more, contact us and contribute towards a positive future. And good morning. You are listening to Zena Richardson and Scotty Foster, your host today with Behind the Lines on 2XX Community Radio 98.3 FM in Canberra. So following on from our two fabulous guests from last week's show, worm farmer Sid Riley and compost whiz Brooke Clinton, we'll be chatting with their colleague Maddie Diamond, our Executive Officer of Sea Change, a Canberra-based community not-for-profit group that informs, inspires and supports people to to join together and take sustainable actions. Maddie will be introducing us to Sea Change and the org's local grassroots action in Canberra to educate and encourage sustainability practices within our community. So welcome to the show, Maddie. It's lovely to have you here this morning. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So would you like to tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you journeyed to Sea Change and then a little bit about the org? Yeah, for sure. So I've been kind of into sustainability for a few years now, um, but only really got into it, I would say, about three or four years ago. And then from that point, once I kind of realised that it was my passion, I really dived into it. Um, So the way that I... um, started off was I joined the Australian Youth Climate Coalition and that's where I started to really learn a lot about climate change and climate solutions and that kind of thing Um, and I wanted to take it a little bit further and start something myself Um, so I started a group called Trash Gather or formerly known as Trash Mob. What Um, a fabulous name. (laughs) Yeah so we're a clean-up group Um, we meet in different locations around Canberra once a month and clean up rubbish and we're also hoping to expand to some other towns and cities as well Um, and from there I was kind of thinking okay cool like I'm volunteering in this space but I want to take it that bit further and maybe um, study and work in this space as well so I started studying a diploma of sustainable practice with TAFE that I've just completed um, which was awesome and really interesting um, which sort of led me to think about okay where where what kind of places can I work in this space so I found sea change through the parliament of youth on sustainability I was part of that um, in 2018 as a volunteer um, and then when I saw that there was a position in Sea Change I thought that's amazing I really want to work for this awesome organisation so that's kind of how I came to be here. And how long have you been with Sea Change now? So this is a fairly recent position? Um, yeah so I've been with Sea Change for just over a year um, but Sea Change itself has been around for a lot longer than that so it's pre- I'm still pretty new in the scheme of things um, but yeah really enjoying it. Right so tell us what the C S E E in C change stands for. Yeah so yeah it's S E E not S E A as you might think when you first hear <laughs> it. Because people think of sea shepherds when they think of sea change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Group, I was right? wondering you know yeah. Canberra's a bit of a funny place for a sea change. Totally. <laughs> Set up camp on the lake shore. Yeah <laughs> um, no so it's S E E and that stands for Society Environment Economy. So We do focus a lot on the sustainability side of things. And when you think that, you might think, you know, environmental sustainability and things like that. But we also want to bring in, um, you know, social and economic issues as well, because we do see that they're all interlinked. So they're all changes that encourage sustainability on any front, really. Yeah, exactly. Anything that's going to make our communities a better place for us to live. Yeah, certainly. Mm. Why do they need changing? Um, Because they're just not too great. (laughs) No, I mean, if you're thinking about the word sustainability when you look at how we're doing things now whether that's from a social environmental or economic perspective they're not the way we do things now isn't really um something that we can continue into the future and have that um yeah sustaining itself essentially um 
yeah, like we're using, you know, finite resources that are going to run out. Um, we're doing things in a really wasteful way. We're, you know, we're overbuying, we're wasting, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, there, <laughs> there needs to be change. Yeah. And oh, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where are Sea Change located? Because the, the actual office has been around for a while, right? It's um, in an unlikely place. Yeah, so the office is at the Downer Shops um, near the Ovals and the Gang Gang Cafe. Um, it's a lovely little spot. But Sea Change itself is a lot more than just the office. We've got mm. a few people working there, um, but we're all there to support our volunteers um, who are located all over Canberra. Wonderful. And... With the Sea Change organisation, I notice you've got a lot of fabulous projects on the go and a lot of um, particularly unusual things. And one of the things our guest from last week, Brooke Clinton, talked about was how they do their compost pickups. And she was telling us about an e-bike, and apparently that's a bit of a Sea Change initiative. Yeah, so we are really passionate about e-bikes at Sea Change. Um, we see them as a really awesome solution for Canberra um, in terms of sustainable transport because a lot of us have a car and we drive everywhere we need to go. Um, I'm guilty of that as well. But an e-bike is kind of that middle ground between maybe just traditional cycling and um, driving the car. So it can get you somewhere a lot, lot quicker um, and with a lot less effort than riding a bike, which is very appealing to a lot of people. Um, I know it is appealing to me as well. We've got one in our office, which is really really handy for getting to meetings and things like that so um yeah so we try and sort of we've do we do a few things to kind of encourage people to think about e-bikes and think about maybe how they can um introduce them into their life so one of our major projects in that area is the electric bike bulk buy that we do every year and we've just run one um this year and basically that we partner with Switched On Cycles, which is a local e-bike company, um, and we offer um, Sea Change members a discount on an e-bike. Um, but on top of that, some, you know, like a, an event or webinar in this in case of 2020 um, to talk about, you know, all the bits and bobs, how to look after it, um, basically how it works. And yeah, so yeah, just trying to make it a bit more accessible um, and easy for people to sort of get into that. Mm. And we have a picture of one of your e-bikes on our Facebook page, and I noticed it's got um, like an area for carrying stuff up the front so I saw this like a yeah. couple big bins of compost loaded on that one yeah so that would be Brooke's um e-bike so yeah. that was a um cargo bike that she got fitted with a motor um and basically I mean it's initially well you can put anything in it but it does even have like little seats with seat belts <laughs> and things like that so you can put your kids in and things like that so there's some really kind of funky designs that you think you know you, at first you might think oh yeah just a bike with a motor <laughs> but there's all kinds of different um designs for different purposes so way more functional than just a regular bike and then for people who are not familiar with e-bikes now what's the um concept behind the solar is that right or are they um so you can charge it up just in any power point but mm -hmm. the good thing about in canberra if you have an e-bike is that your e-bike will be powered by renewable electricity so um in brooke's case she has solar panels that she <laughs> um charges her e-bike with but yeah you can just charge it anywhere really easily that's amazing. You know, just, it's so inspiring to hear you guys do this. Um, so people who are interested in e-bikes could get in touch with Sea Change and find out more about where they could have a look at one or maybe get yeah. involved and maybe in the next 
bulk buy that you do? Absolutely. We're going to be doing more um, events and things around e-bikes just to get people kind of um, knowledgeable about how they could impl- like pull it into their life. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've got another sort of project in the works that we won't really talk about yet, mm. but it's really exciting. So if you're thinking about e-bikes, get in touch with us um, and we've got some really cool stuff in the works. Great. Because a couple of weeks ago, we had a folks who were involved in the community gardens in Canberra and a couple of the locations they said you can't drive your car right up to and it's right. actually for some of the um, you know maybe the older or less active garden members it was difficult hauling heavy things like big bags of soil and, and you know sheep manure or whatever they were trying to get into that area and yeah. I thought the idea of having a, a bike with a cargo area in it would be brilliant absolutely and like I said you can get a bunch of different designs and one of those which is really easy to ride is a tricycle um so yeah a lot of cargo bikes will will have three wheels rather than two just to make it easier to carry the amount of weight whatever you're carrying um so if you're not really used to riding a bike or you haven't done it for a long long time um it's a really good option or you're carrying 40 kilos of sheep manure exactly (laughs) or some kids or something yeah no that's fantastic I think there's a couple communities in Scandinavia where they they don't allow cars where the holiday houses are. So people go to their annual holiday cottage yeah. and they all have cargo bikes. This is like the, the normal mode of transport in yeah. this area. So it's, the whole community is all cargo bikes. Amazing to imagine. And that it's already in place in some places. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that re- we really want to get into is um, trying to maybe plan some car-free days or some mm. car-free spaces in Canberra um, just so we can kind of practice and see what that would be like. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like you can see it fitting in with, uh, places like Urambi Village or Wybalina Grove where you park your car but you've got to actually walk to your house from there so they yeah, can have exactly. like a, just a common cargo bike so that when yeah. you park with your groceries you can nip down to your place carry them down absolutely and that would be a really good way to do it as well because they are um they're a bit heavy they're a bit expensive maybe not every single person wants or needs one but to have them available in those kinds of areas would be really really handy just every now and then mm-hmm. so how long has sea change been involved in the e-bikes is that more recent or is um that... that's a really good question <laughs> it was definitely before <laughs> i came along um so we've been doing the um, bulk buys for quite a few years now um but talking about you know, um, different modes of transport for longer than that as well. No, that's fantastic. I've heard rumours of uh, electric vehicle bulk buy. Is that anything to do with the sea chain? <laughs> yes, it is. So um, basically it's the similar concept. So we need, um, you know, a minimum amount of people to get together and say, yep, we want an um, electric car. Um, and then we're working with a company called The Good Car Company. They're from Tassie. Um, and we're hoping to um, get a bulk kind of order of secondhand Nissan Leafs from Japan. Um, so it makes them a bit more affordable and it just means that everything's kind of taken care of for you and you don't have to buy a brand new car. Um, so that is kind of in the works. It depends how many people we get involved. So to to pull it off, we need a minimum of 50 people. Um, so we're kind of just getting interest at the moment. So if that's mm-hmm. something that you're keen on, then let's see change no and we'll put you on the list. Um, and that's potentially something mm-hmm. that we're looking at for next year. I would get in touch with Shane Rattenbury. He's really big on that stuff. The Greens Minister. Absolutely. He's quite he a is. keen cyclist and yeah. keen on a lot of that. So yeah. I think he might be able to do some well, I'm speaking on his behalf, yeah. Do <laughs> some promotion or spearheading for you. Yeah, to get definitely. That off the He's yeah. generally very supportive of you know our um, activities and things. So no, that's yeah. great. And if somebody who's like really um, handy and sort of a, a tinkerer themselves, and they wanted to maybe do their own e-bike, are there plans available? Like, is that something you thought about? Like, also maybe providing plans for people to build their own e-bikes? Yeah. So we don't have um, kind of resources like that available, but you can buy just conversion kits rather than getting a bike with it 
pre-installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely recommend getting in touch with Switched On Cycles, that business mm-hmm. that we work with. Um, and they're really happy to help with all of that nitty gritty detail mm-hmm. um, that we don't necessarily have the expertise in. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, am I incorrect here? But I think I read something on your website. You're looking for someone who's a bit handy with bikes right now. At we are. So that that yeah. little project that I mentioned before, we're looking for someone to help us run that, yeah. um, which is a 15 hour per week um, paid project officer role. Um, so someone who is yeah a bit handy with bikes, um, also. Um, It'll be a lot of community engagement as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so people who are comfortable talking to the community and exactly. interacting and engaging. Totally. You know, and, and obviously impassioned and inspired by the project as well. That's yeah, something that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be e-bike related. So if that's your thing, please let us know. Mm, that's great. There's lots of exciting stuff coming up. I don't want to jump too far ahead of all your other events. We'll keep those sort of for later yeah, so cool. people don't forget after we've been chatting for a while. Um, so... You know, you're based in Downer, but if somebody, say, on the south side who's um, not coming over this side very much, what sort of interaction and activity? Is there anything over on the south side with yeah, Sea Change? Yeah, absolutely. So we've mm. got um, our groups. So um, Sea Change, like I said, we've got the office and a few staff and then all of our volunteers. So most of the volunteers belong to a group. Um, so groups are either kind of geographically based or special interest based. So, for example, like we've got a Gungal and a Belconnen kind of group and then we've also got um, groups like Co-Canberra is one that we support um, and our Wasteless group who focus on waste. Um, so over on the south side, we've got Woden, Tuggeranong and the Inner South groups um, and they are working away on different projects. Um, but basically they're a group of members of that local community who really care about making that area sustainable. So um, if you're anywhere in Canberra, there's probably a group near you. Um, so it's definitely worth getting in touch if you'd want to join that kind of action. And are the, are the groups pretty much self-directed? Like they come up with projects that are relevant to their communities and their areas? Yeah, exactly. So as long as it kind of aligns with, you know, Sea Change mission and um, the areas that we want to focus on, um, any kind of, you know, sustainability or, you know, society, environment, <laughs> economy um, action, we support. So um yeah, that's the thing. Like we want our groups to um, be motivated and passionate about what they're working on. Mm-hmm. So it's up to them what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and us in the office, we support that and you, through heaps of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just try to keep them all very autonomous. No, that's great. And I imagine, you know, just because this has been a common theme, especially on our last few shows, as we're talking about what happened during COVID from a community mm-hmm. response level, you know, from a really positive community response level, and that, you know, communities were showing a lot more interest in sustainability-related activities, especially related to gardening and nature and yeah. things like that. So what have you found at Sea Change? Were you guys just bombarded with people wanting to get involved in community projects or wanting help to start up community projects? Like, yeah, we actually got got um a lot of inquiries from potential volunteers wanting to give their time and obviously a lot of us have a lot of spare time on our hands now so people are thinking okay like what am I passionate about and where do I want to put my time so that's been really wonderful um to have a few extra people on board um and you know there's some other groups that have been born out of that time as well like the um Tuggeranong exchange group was a group that set up during COVID to basically assist others in the community um and now they're teaming up with our Tuggeranong sea change group um, to apply for a um, community garden grant. So, yeah, there's been a lot more interest in kind of um, the gardening and kind of home aspects, but also this sort of like, you know, okay, it's kind of a reset for people. It's like, okay, well, I've got this time now. Where can I spend my time? Um, yeah, so 
it's been obviously a really, really challenging time, but also a kind of interesting time for people to reflect um, and kind of decide how they want to go forward from this. Mm. So we'll be, we'll be go talking ahead, so to Scotty. the Tuggeranong group before long, I think, because that, uh, that mutual aid group you're talking about has now evolved into Canberra's first let's system in yeah, 20 that's years. Right. So yeah, that's pretty good. Well, great. I actually saw the um, comment about let's here, Scotty. I, I know a little bit about it, but would you like to maybe enlighten us a bit more about oh, LETS? It's a, a local exchange trading system or a local energy trading system. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a form of what they call mutual credit. Um, so it's a, it's a different thing to money, but it's a way of accounting so that within a bounded community, so you might do it just in Tuggeranong, just in Belconnen, just in your circle of friends or... Just your street. In, just <laughs> only farmers or you set some sort of boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think Canberra was the last one. Mm-hmm. Last one in Canberra was Queanbeyan, but they mm-hmm. included Canberra because they were very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially when you do something or make a trade with someone else, there's a credit given. So you've, so if you've done something for someone else, you earn a credit mm-hmm. and they get a debit. So they get an obligation essentially to do something for someone else mm-hmm. at some point. So... And yeah. how, how would you determine the worth we'll, we'll of the worth of a credit? On yeah, I guess maybe I'm just getting <laughs> yeah, off, off topic yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating yeah. thing. To no, do we there. just did a a, a, um, a Co-Canberra Nina Canberra meetup on it on Monday. Um, so, yeah, if you go to our SoundCloud site, a line in the sound. Uh-huh, yeah, it'll be up there before long. Fantastic! Yep. So we can hear all about Actually, that. Actually, that might be coming out today. So. You get on there around two or three o'clock today, this afternoon, it'll okay. be up. Okay, yep. okay, fantastic. So um, another event I know that Sea Change is really involved in um, for July, and I can't believe I'm saying that we're in July already, <laughs> um, is the pr- Plastic Free July. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So our Wasteless group is really, really focused on that. So mm-hmm. for the last few years, they have... Um, gone really hard in plastic free delight it's like the it's the big month of the year um if you're into waste <laughs> um but yeah what they usually do is set up um a stall at some events or just out in the city somewhere and talk to people about plastic waste basically um sometimes doing a survey sometimes just chatting about you know perceptions around plastic and things like that um but because of covid this year they're focusing on um, putting together some resources um so things like um guides on how to reduce your waste and things like that so um yeah it's it's a big focus of ours at sea change is reducing Mm. waste so yeah plastic free july is something that we really want to hone in on and what would be the goal for someone who's not participated before what what would say like a, a household goal for plastic free july be is it you know like no single-use plastics or yeah it's it's whatever you want to do um so what we really try to encourage the thought of you know progress not perfection it doesn't mm-hmm. you don't have to be zero waste but just having a go to reduce your waste does still make a difference so um whatever you think you're kind of capable of at the household level, maybe in your workplace, you want to make some changes, um, just have a go. And if you need some ideas, definitely check out the Plastic Free website. I'm pretty sure it's just plasticfreejuly.org. And they've got like so many guides and tips and all that kind of stuff to help you out. Um, 
but also if you wanted to talk to a human being <laughs> definitely get in touch with us and our wasteless group um and yeah they can help you out for sure so if, you know maybe another community organization wanted to set something up they could get in touch and maybe get some pointers and some support around how they could do that effectively yeah absolutely yeah. if you're wanting to do things or a school or yeah. yeah yeah so there's things that you can do on that kind of personal <clears throat> level about reducing waste but if you wanted <clears throat> to do something on more of a like in a group or something like that um our wasteless group just screened a um documentary called the story of plastic um so if you're not even sure where to start like you know what is plastic like what is the issue of plastic and you want to get your head around that that is an amazing film to watch it gives you a perspective of the entire system from production to disposal um and all the kind of problems associated with every step of that um process so yeah super interesting and it'll definitely kick you off on that journey Mm, fantastic and one thing i noticed i think a lot of us did was during covid because everyone was so careful around hygiene and you know not having community transmission single-use plastics the use of them went right up again yeah. Because, you know, anything to do with food or, um, you know, sort of any sort of community exchange was um, – everything was throwaway, you know. There was exactly. Just, yeah. We use plastic waste everywhere. Yeah. And obviously plastic is – essential in some cases you know like um in hospitals and places where we want to you know be really sterile um it's awesome and like even single-use plastic in those cases is awesome but i think that we've gotten kind of used to that um convenience of it um and the yeah the ease of knowing okay yep i know this is safe because it's wrapped in plastic sort of thing but it's it's probably actually not going to help us too much, you yeah. know. Um, you know, plastics is a really long-term issue that we're going to be dealing with for a mm. long, long time. Um, and for us to take a step back now mm. isn't so great. So, um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping that it's not one of those COVID habits that sticks around mm. um, and something that we can try and keep working on. Yeah. And that was the sad thing is, you know, once some of the public areas started opening up, especially the nature areas, um, you know, like local residents were saying they were going in afterwards after obviously people would come out and they'd gone camping for the weekend and there was so much plastic waste left in those areas you know it's like people just had forgotten yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and that's something that we've noticed um through the kind of trash gather lens of litter in the environment some people have asked us um oh is there less rubbish now because people aren't out and about we're like no (laughs) there's actually not and it's because you know some of the stuff we find has been there for 20 years so you know the cleanups that we do we don't get Canberra clean you know we don't get it spotless and then it gets rubbishy again sort of thing so it's always it's always a continuous journey but you know there's still been those things of like you know people throwing rubbish out the car window from going to Maccas, which never closed. So, um, yeah, there's it's different kinds of litter, but it's definitely still there. And there's definitely an increase in things like face masks and those kinds of disposable things that we've had to use um, to keep us safe. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a massive issue that we need to keep focusing on. And I'm hoping that in Australia, because we're doing a really good job of managing COVID, that we can actually think about Plastic Free July now um, and what we're going to do about the plastic issue. Mm-hmm. And I think just also, you could probably start to plot the demographic of a community by its waste. Like it must be fascinating for all of you when you 
do your cleanups to see what's going on. You know, there must be upticks in certain things at certain times. Yeah, um, we actually have just started kind of collecting data on what we find rather than just kind of thinking anecdotally, oh, yeah, like this place has got heaps of this kind of thing. So um, that's something that we really want to focus on and something that we think is really effective is to use the data from um, figuring out what you found and where and maybe what the brands are and things like that and the types of rubbish and kind of using that to kind of map out, you know, where are the problem areas and what's the issue there? Like, why is there more Mm. rubbish here? Um, And how can we deal with that at the source rather than Mm. just coming to clean it up? And that might be something as simple as education. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's something that we can, um, once we know, we can kind of deal with that. And, yeah, yeah, trying to plan some other projects around that rather than just cleaning up. Could call it litter data. Yeah, totally good, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone really extreme on Excel spreadsheets? You could start plotting it out. Um, yeah, we actually have um, Andrew, who's on our team, is the data whiz, and like he just gets it, and I'm just so grateful because it's just not my strong suit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Mm. Well, talking about not your strong suit, I mean, we all do have strong suits and weak points, um, and it sounds like you've really been... Um, been involving the community brains trust as a as a whole thing you've got all these these separate groups and the groups are essentially autonomous they they lead the way um and what's so what's the role of the office in this you've got all these little groups doing all these diverse things from you know building passive Mm. huts to all Mm. sorts of stuff you must see all sorts of really cool things going on yeah and have to learn about them and then support them exactly so the role of the office basically is to get your head around everything that's happening um dip your toes in it all a little bit and then try and support that in the best way you can um but like you said like there's so many like diverse kind of people and expertise in sea change that if i don't know something i can probably just call up so and so and ask about oh what would you do about you know this situation or whatever because there's yeah so many so much shared knowledge within the organization um so it's good that i don't have to know everything about (laughs) sustainability um but yeah so it is it's quite um varied and you kind of have to have your mind on 20 different things at once um, because we also run projects out of the office as well. Um, Sometimes, you know, like anyone who's a volunteer would know that you don't have endless capacity. So, yeah, we run a few things out of the office um, just to help as well. But, yeah, there's always a lot going on. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. So um, a couple of the other things I saw you've got coming out, you just changed the header on your Facebook page to Future Film. Yeah. What's Future Film about? So Future Film Festival is something that we're running out of the office as well. Um, So basically it is a film competition and festival for young people in Canberra to make films about climate action, sustainability, environment, anything along that theme. Um, And the theme is reimagining Canberra's future, but anything along that kind of strain is kind of what Mm. we're looking for. So um, you have to be 25 years and under, um, and we've got different age categories, so you're not compared to like a 10-year-old <laughs> to a 20-year-old. Um, yeah, and so basically you make a two to seven-minute film um, about whatever of you're choosing and however you want. You could animate it, you could have a documentary, you could have um, a science fiction story, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to portray it. And essentially the the kind of thought behind this project is that we want young people to engage with sustainability in a really positive way and to kind of have their ideas seen by others, but in a different way to what is 
you know, has been available to them. So we have always tried to um, work with young people and empower our young people at Sea Change. Um, and one main way we've done that um, and we continue to do that is the Parliament of Youth on Sustainability. Um, so that is very science and research based plus politics based so bringing those two things together which some people really connect to um, but we wanted to create a different platform a creative platform for um, people who work in that way for whose minds work in a more creative way to engage with the issue of climate change basically and yeah to try and have um yeah, a positive interaction with it, thinking, you know, we do have solutions to this um, or I've just come up with a solution to this and I want to show everyone. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, it's It's been extended, which is really <laughs> good. Um, it's kind of running alongside with the Canberra Short Film Festival, mm -hmm. so same timeline. Um, so submissions close at the end of September. So I think people September got, 25th? Yeah, it? that's right. So people have got quite a, um, a while to work on their film. Um, and then you submit your film, you have to wait a little while. And then and is you, that through a website they would submit their yeah, film? Exactly, yeah, exactly, through um, Canberra Short Film Festival website. Mm -hmm. So we can help you out if you get stuck mm -hmm. with that. Um, yeah, and then there's some really awesome prizes available. So we've got prizes for kind of... Um, different age groups from sort of kindergarten to like 25 years old um, and they're kind of what mostly sustainability and film related um, so for the primary school categories they've got prizes that'll go to their school and that's things like composters worm farms um, books about the environment and things like that um, gardening equipment seeds the all gift kinds that of keeps fun on stuff. giving it's exactly wonderful. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the high school ones are more individually um, focused. So some camera equipment, um, you know, microphones, tripods, video cameras um, and an electric scooter and an electric bike as well. So sticking to our <laughs> sea change theme of electric bikes. But yeah, so there's some really cool, cool incentives. Um, and you can also have your film screened at the Canberra Shop Film Festival. Mm -hmm. We're having a special screening just for future film um, films. So that'll uh, most likely be at the Shine Dome, which is really fun and quirky mm -hmm. and exciting. Um, sometime in November, December. And I, the Shine Dome used to have another name, isn't it? Is it? Was that the new? Oh, did it? I don't I, know. I, you know I, was, I was away from Canberra for a while, and I don't remember ever being. Oh, might have. No. The big yeah, UFO going building. Too far yeah, back. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, going, I'm going too far back. I can't listen as well. No. So, is the Future Film Festival is that part of the 2030 Vision? Is that ties into that? Um, yeah, so 2030 Vision was a workshop series that we were working on last year before COVID and all that. Um, and yeah, so it's it's not um, directly linked, but it's just along that same vein of trying to envision what the future looks like. Um, because when you're kind of working in this space, you talk a lot about what is wrong right now and what, what we need to change, but not necessarily having a solid vision of, okay, well, we want this to change, but what do we want it to look like and how are we going to get there? Um, so it's a similar kind of... Um, yeah, a theme of, yeah, using our imagination, really. Um, I heard a quote, I don't know who this is from, the other day that's saying, imagination is far more powerful than knowledge. Um, so I think we really need to harness that, which is also why it's the perfect kind of project for young people because, yeah, they just have amazing imaginations and we just really want to encourage that.
No, that's mm. brilliant. You see so many great young inventors now too, you know, like Absolutely. early high school coming up with huge solutions for communities, you know. Yeah. With, oh, it's um, incredible. In some communities that have really, you know, a restricted access to basic necessities. And yeah. The kids have been coming up with, you know, inventions to fix them. It's exactly. amazing. 13-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. And all you need as a young person to be able to achieve that is just for, to believe in yourself and for some people to believe in you. So that's basically what we're trying to do is saying like, you are awesome and you can do great things and we believe that you can. Um, and here's a way that you can have a go. Yeah, and we'll support you and back you up. Look, I reckon that's fantastic, that whole idea of imagination and and having a goal, even an imaginary goal, some sort of utopia yeah. where you're trying to get to is really important. Um, got to recommend Rob Hopkins's book, on imagination. Can't, okay. Can't remember the title of it, but if you look up Rob Hopkins, his Google. latest book, and it's <laughs> it's all about that. He's got a podcast where he's put all of his interviews that he did for research for that book right. just straight up on the web. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Really good. Rob Hopkins, he's the, the founder of Transition Towns. Right. Mm. Okay. And that would be the one that started in Stroud? Um, that, that in the UK? Totnes. 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 Yep. And it was somewhere yeah, down there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we did a show on that, um, what was probably the beginning of last year now, about Imagineering yeah, cool. right. and, and Transition Towns or Transition Canberra. Yeah. And I think that's up on our um, a Line in the Sound, isn't it? I so you can it actually is, yeah. you can listen to that and hear some of the great ideas around Wonderful. That. Yeah, Transition Streets is something that, um, or Transition Towns, something that um, Sea Change has been involved with in the mm. past. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've run a number of uh, Transition Streets. Yeah, things. yeah. yeah. Right. So we, um, along with some other really cool Canberrans developed a resource um, for people to run their own transition street. So getting together with your neighbours and um, trying to live a bit more sustainably. So yeah, we've still got that available if anyone's keen um, on that kind of thing. Mm, that's fantastic. Scotty, so was you, I just found that book for you there. You did. It's From What Is to What If. Wow. <laughs> I like that. It's a great title, yeah. huh? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I should actually, just at this point, while there's a bit of a lull, um, yeah, do my disclaimer that I should have done at the start of the show. I'm actually a member of Sea Change and help run one of their little subgroups, so, just so everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. I think, you know, we're all community-driven-minded folks here anyway. Yeah. And like I said, it was purely by accident that I found out you knew last week's guests. Yeah. But it was the, the perfect segue yeah. um, to have you come on. And we're finding that like a lot of the people we have on the show, you know, you share similar values and similar mindsets. And yeah, exactly. what's been great is we've actually been able to connect some of our guests as well with each other's projects. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And help them get off the ground there. Yeah. You know, it's been brilliant. Um, so with the Parliament of Youth, is that a sea change initiative or is that separate? Yeah, that's a sea change in initiative mm. that was started up by sea changes founder Bob Douglas um, who many Canberrans probably know his name um, he's a pretty legendary person in the kind of um, uh, academia and community spaces around um, sustainability and health as well um, yeah so that started up quite a few years ago I couldn't tell you exactly how many but <laughs> um, yeah we've been running it at Sea Change um, for a long time um, and yeah basically that is um, a mock parliament event for school students in Canberra so from kindergarten to year 12 um, so it's a pretty dynamic event there's a lot going on um, and yeah lots of different people of lots of different ages um, but basically how it works is that um, groups of students at school will work on a project um, a similar um, idea of 
imagining something new for Canberra, but actually doing the research and seeing like what's viable for Canberra, um, putting it together as a proposal. And then they pitch that to other students in their age group. Um, and those winning, they vote on each other's proposals and those winning proposals go to parliament, mm. um, which we hold at the ANU. Um, and there's usually ministers and other people from the community coming along to hear those proposals um, and potentially even implement them. So um, if there's something that's really practical that can happen in a school or something like that, then um, we can support to help that help make that happen um yeah so it's a really awesome exciting event and I just remember being so excited to be part of it um a few years ago even though I like wasn't a student <laughs> but it was awesome well that was what my next question was going to be have have any of these things been adopted any of these um great ideas and yeah. implemented well actually that was the plan for this year um pre-covid um we actually had to cancel this year's one and there wasn't one last year either so um we had yeah it was all planned out to have, you know, find those key projects that can really happen and support those. Um, but hopefully we can do that next year. Mm, I went to, a, well, after I got, I don't know, opposed the system too much in my high school and got booted out. I, I went to, <laughs> Why am um, I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> but I went to a, a, a different sort of school, School Without Walls, where I realised that there were actually other ways of relating to people than the, the top-down, the really hierarchical yeah. uh, way of relating to people that we have in our schools and in our workplace and even yeah. in our parliament. <laughs> Is there, is there any of that sort of thing, like the uh, People's Assembly sort of movement that was implemented in northern Syria for seven years, which the whole society ran on just a different, a different wavelength of, of relationships? Yeah. Is any of that in the youth parliament or are we still just um, replicating what we have? I guess at the moment we are somewhat replicating what we have and that is the reason behind that is that we really want to educate young people on how things do work now because mm. that is good to have that fundamental understanding of how do things work in our world right now not telling them this is how they have to work but letting them understand the system so that they can either work within and try to make some change um, or yeah like imagine something new um, yeah so that's an interesting concept though you know for future parliaments to maybe try and mix it up and see you know how we can give more power to the students um, in that situation. So, yeah, I know yeah. there's a strong a strong mob of people who'd be totally capable of pulling that off. Too, yeah. yeah, awesome, yeah. okay. <laughs> and would this involve any sort of mentoring for students that you know maybe want to get more directly involved? Um, yeah, so with the Parliament, um, we have a project officer who runs it every year um, dedicated to that project. Um, so we have students who volunteer and help run the day and they get mentored to do that and you know, with facilitation skills and things like that, um, which is a really awesome experience. Um, but also in the process of building up their proposal, um, we can help with resources and um, feedback and things like that, but they'll be working with their teachers as well. So yeah, there's lots of help available. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And I have to ask this question for a friend of mine who's got a, um, a son on the spectrum. Um, so have you had much involvement with kids on the spectrum um, participating in sea change activities? Like, is there anything um, specifically geared towards them? Because I know that, you know, overstimulation can be a big issue sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, not, not specifically geared towards, but... Um, I guess that's why we wanted to create a couple of different kind of platforms for um, young people to be involved because, yeah, obviously the Parliament of Youth, it's been really um, impactful and really successful, um, but it does require you to 
go to a mainstream school Mm -hmm. and be in a class that wants to do this and have a teacher that wants to support you and then come along on the day, which might be quite overwhelming as well because there's public Mm -hmm. speaking involved and all kinds of um, potentially scary things. Um, So that's kind of where maybe Future Film is an option for um, young people that really want to have a go and Mm -hmm. they want to, you know, explore some concepts around sustainability Mm -hmm. but don't necessarily want to come together in a big group and do something together and talk in front of everyone and um, that kind of thing. So it's something that you can work on, you know, you could could work on it in a class at school or you could just work on it at home. Um, and we do actually have mentoring available for that as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a one-on-one mentoring um process online so um, very low key but with some um, really awesome local Canberra filmmakers to help um, sort of develop your film idea and help with editing and all that kind of stuff mm. so um, it's it's a bit of a stripped back version of the Parliament of Youth not so kind of um, intense um, so yeah that could be you know an option for people who aren't looking for that kind of group activity yeah. or maybe like a homeschool group or a smaller yeah. homeschool group could come and, and as a group that way exactly yeah. yeah yeah so anyone can sign up anyone under the age of 20 can sign up for mentoring you can be a group or you can be an individual um, and then really the only time um, that we're coming together is at the screening um, but those films will be available to watch in other places as well mm, fantastic looking forward to that what about yeah. the, the college sustainability network oh, i saw that on your website i haven't heard of that yeah one. so that's something that was um, set up last year um, by a group of college students from all different colleges around Canberra um, and rather than them sort of um, starting from scratch um, and kind of figuring out where what to do and how to do it um, Sea Change has said hey we'll support you anything you need come to us and we can kind of work through it and come up with some ideas for your for your college network so basically um, the network is it's People in the network are kind of sustainability sustainability leaders from their schools, but they come together to sort of either plan things together, so, um, you know, cross-college mm-hmm. activities, or just chat about, you know, what are you doing in your school and how can I do that in my school um, and share resources and just, like, meet people that, you know, are like-minded as well. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting and I hope it really takes mm-hmm. off. Well, that sounds brilliant. Um, so also there's something going on at the ANU Fenner School, is that right? You've got something going on there? Yeah, so generally each year we... Um, You're so lazy, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, what do we even do all day? <laughs> um, yeah, generally each year we have a group from the Fenner School um, come in and do a project with us. Um, so that could be something environmental, it could be something... Um, more on the lines of you know community engagement and things like that and it's really just to give um environment student like they're probably studying environmental science (laughs) and similar um subjects so just to give them a kind of perspective of okay well you've stu- you're studying this degree where's that going to take you and what kind of routes can you go down so you know the other organizations that get um these groups working with them as well could be more um science and research based um or campaigning and different things like that. So just showing them, you know, where you can end up when you want to work in the environment space. Mm. So is it focused on sort of more complex environmental problems? Is that like trying to solve more complex environmental yeah. problems at a community it's, level? It's quite um, broad ranging. So, um, for example, when we had a group come in last year, we talked about, um, you know, setting up an environmental organisation and how you can... Um, yeah resource yourself sustain yourself um and that kind of thing so it wasn't so environmental based but something about you know how do we um set up these community sort of 
resources and like really sea key groups <laughs> like sea change obviously <laughs> but um yeah and and keep them going sort of yeah. thing so obviously you know it's it's really valuable for our community to have organizations like sea change um and others so um you know someone studying environmental science or sustainability might want to get into that kind of space mm. but it's sort of like well how do you do that and how do you stop it from flopping you yeah, know so how do you make it financially sustainable exactly right? yeah and um yeah and you know people power sustainable mm-hmm. as well so keeping people in your organization and um yeah increasing increasing the interest and things like that so yeah it was really interesting and fun yeah. I think they got a lot about out of it I mean it seems to be a common theme like a lot of our guests who come on the show have really fabulous ideas that would be so beneficial to our mm. communities and they just keep hitting brick walls like when they're trying to get proposals off the yeah. ground when they're trying to get um you know maybe a few sticks in the mud to embrace a new concept um it's, it's been really challenging for them and, and it, it sounds like this is this is sort of what you're moving towards is maybe helping people to move past some of these barriers and you know how you do that yeah because people get dissuaded they get disheartened if they keep hitting a wall right it is really hard I think a lot of um valuable ideas and groups and things in society are undervalued and Mm. underfunded I mean we know that but yeah and it it is a shame and it, it does make it really hard but um yeah, I guess that's something that we want to help with as well. Like, you know, we want that community action on that grassroots level. Um, so how can we foster that? Um, so, yeah, we're working with um, Lids for Kids. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, Tell me about Lids for viral. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically Lids for Kids is um, it's more like a movement um, and it started in Canberra with a guy called Tim Miller. Shout out, Tim. He's an awesome guy. Um, and he basically started collecting plastic bottle lids because he realised they don't get recycled. And when you, even when you take them to the 10 cent, you know, return and earn. So when you're putting just, them in your recycling bin, yeah. it's only the bottle part that's actually being recycled exactly. and the lid goes into land the lid, waste, landfill? It, the lid is recyclable plastic most of the time, mm. but a lot of the time they're just too small to actually um, make it into the recycling machine. Um, so Tim was like, well, what's going on here why are you just throwing out all of this you know valuable plastic you know a lot of the things we throw out are actually resources that you know are worth something um so he started collecting them and just didn't really know what to do with them but he found an organization um that makes prosthetic limbs for kids out of recycled plastic um so that's where lids for kids kind of came from um and from there, it grew to this entire like nationwide thing where you've got people collecting lids. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Whoops, I'm a volunteer. I don't have time for this." <laughs> no, he's still running it, and he's incredible. But um, yeah, all over Australia, people have set up collection points for lids, um, and they're sending them to this organisation that turns them into prosthetics. Um, but because it's been so successful. Like, there's actually just too many lids for... <laughs> for, for prosthetic lids. Exactly. Well, we don't want lots of prosthetic limbs, ideally, because exactly. we don't want people to have to need them. Yeah, right? exactly. But start, start making hats. It's another form of lid. Exactly. <laughs> so he's looking into ways that we can um, recycle them further, but wanting to keep it on that same vein as four kids. Um, so, yeah, because it started out as this, like you know, just really cool idea that he didn't know was going to go as far as, you know, the entire country. Um, We're setting, we're helping him set up like, you know, the structure of an organization and that kind of thing. So that's, you know, the the kind of thing we want to support is, you know, turning that community action into something really solid and something that can sustain itself um, and kind of, yeah. So that's a perfect example of like what you're doing is taking someone with a great idea who initially gets overwhelmed 
by a massive response and mm. might have stepped away from it without support. Might have said, yeah. look, I can't do this. I've got a job, full-time job. I can't take this on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you when that happens, it's, it's such a shame mm-hmm. because we should really, really value those people that are going out of mm-hmm. their way um, to better the environment, better lives for other people. Um, so, yeah, we really need to step up and support each other and, yeah, have a bit of solidarity around that. Yeah, it's solution driven. Like you've got all these people who are looking for solutions mm. rather than complaining about the problem. Right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. A lot of them have got solutions. They just yeah. don't have a means to implement them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's fantastic. And when in 2016, I think Liam Lilly, who was the then coordinator mm. of, of Sea Change, called a little meeting of after after a cooperatives networking day, and that resulted in the Coke-Hambra group of Sea Change, um, and. Yeah, when I was thinking of taking that on after Liam buggered off over to Perth. Um, yeah, just having that organisation there so I didn't need to incorporate anything. Mm, yeah. I said, oh, look, if I ever got any money, could I just open a line into your bank account? And they went, yeah, no worries. You're a seat change group. Just come yeah. and do it. So, oh, all right, cool. Got the backup. Let's just go with it. So exactly. it, it really does. Just that, that backup. Yeah, it makes quite a difference in starting new things. Because everyone hates admin. <laughs> so, you know, it takes time, it takes resources. So to be able to, like, for example, like our sea change groups like Cocamber and mm-hmm. others, like we can, we just do all that. <laughs> you know, we take care of that at the office. And it just means that you can just get down to the actual work that you want to do mm-hmm. and really just having an impact. So that's what, that's why I really love it is just knowing that like I'm taking that burden <laughs> away from other people, you know, and they can just get into it. Make it more tolerable. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the inventors can invent and, you know, the administrators exactly. can take can care administer. of the <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I did find that, you know, a couple of the organisations I've been involved in which um, are along the same sort of vein as what we're doing here and um, they they found perfect administrators, like people who really wanted to help, mm, yeah. who wanted to get involved, but were not sort of front of house people. They didn't want to do the, yeah. the, the social part of it. They wanted to just be able to contribute, yeah. but they were quite happy, you know, like doing the admin or the number crunching, the accounting, you know, whatever it was. And, exactly. and it was a way they felt they could really contribute. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for people to know is that no matter what you enjoy doing or what you're really good at, there's a place for you in the kind of, you know, social environmental change mm. space, you know, um, there's always work that needs to be done and there will be work for you. Don't worry <laughs> if you want to get involved. I think you just, you just brought on a lovely new administrator at Sea Change too. We did, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, her name's Marie and she's one of those people who is just like super, super good at admin. Like it's a skill <laughs> and she's got it. Um, yeah, so it's really amazing having those really motivated and um, skilled people on the team. And I think you have to love it to do it well. You know, yeah, exactly. Something. The rest of us are just like, like tax time now, right? We're all like clawing exactly. through it. Exactly, I'm just like, it, oh, yeah. do I have to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've talked a lot about the. It's funny. We started by saying it's all decentralised and it's run by the groups, and we've just talked about a bunch of the central things. Mm. What are some of the groups doing? We'll run through them. Mm. Um, uh, let's start over west in Belconnen. What's the Belco group up to? Yeah, so the Belco group has been a little bit quiet for a while, um, but that's kind of the nature of, you know, volunteer-based groups as they kind of go up and down and change mm-hmm. their focus and things like that. So 
they're at this point now where they've got a fresh focus. We've got a new convener. Um, his name is Paris. I'm just name dropping everyone. Sorry if you don't want your name on the radio. Um, but Paris is really, really interested in um, transport, sustainable transport, um, you know, electric cars, um, electric bikes, just introducing more cycling and things like that. So he's a really keen bean on the car-free days, um, which is something that we're um, proposing to get some funding for um, so that we can run a few in Belconnen um, to start off with as a kind of practice run and then put together hopefully like a a sort of guide as to how you run this um, that we can give to any of our groups or other community groups that want to have a go as well. Um, So that's really exciting. Um, So, yeah, if anyone isn't part of Sea Change and they live in the Belconnen area and that is exciting to you, then definitely get in touch um, because we'd love to have some more people on board with that mission. Um, is there a launch yeah. date for that? Like hopefully the car-free days? Um, there will be yeah. one day <laughs> if we're successful yeah. Yeah. Um, with our funding. But, yeah, um, so that's something to just keep an eye on sort of like um, in terms of the actual events because they won't just be um, like a car-free day. That sounds a bit boring. Mm. It'll actually be like a whole community event with a bit of entertainment, um, some, you know, fun stalls mm. to go check out, local businesses involved and things like that. Mm. Um, and it'll just be like one street blocked off. It, it's not the entirety of Belconnen. It's not scary. <laughs> Um, it's just one street <laughs> but where there, we can... there'll always be people that are not happy, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, when the, the new mm. ACT climate change strategy came out, everyone freaked out mm. that we were going to, like, take your cars away. Mm. But no, mm. <laughs> we just want to, you know, encourage some different mm. habits and, mm. like, see what we can actually achieve um, without cars in Canberra. So. And in a way, COVID's done that for us a little bit too. Like, yeah. it took about 60 to 70% of the cars off the road quite exactly. quickly. Exactly, and how wonderful. And, mm. like, yeah... I mean, there was a big bike boom Mm -hmm. in Canberra. I mean, there's probably still going right now um, because people have been put on the waiting list for bikes and things because they've just been so um, in demand. But, yeah, I've just seen, like, even just, like, the place that I walk around near my place is just, like, packed with bikes, which is a bit scary (laughs) because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just a little pedestrian. But it's really cool to see. So, Yeah. yeah. No, that's brilliant. All right, so let's go clockwise. We've done Belco. What yeah. about Gungarland? <laughs> um, Gungarland are an awesome group. They are really keen on um, running sort of community education events um, about biodiversity, um, wildlife and things like that. So um, especially in the last kind of 12 months, they've focused on um, walk and talks. So, you know, walking around maybe Mulligan's Flat um, and talking about the wildlife, the plant life, Um and things like that and how we can actually um, uh, contribute to protecting that. Um, So, you know, what we can do in our gardens to um, encourage, you know, pollinators and birds and things like that. So, um, yeah, they're really, really focused on that sharing of knowledge um, and they have really just like lovely fun events um which are really just like low-key like you don't have to know anything it's like it's like an introduction to you know whatever topic it is yeah right. and have you been able to do those during covid or no we just kind of took the took a pause on lots and lots of things um just to let everyone i thought maybe you could social distance the talks yeah Yeah. i mean we could now definitely could now so cool uh in the north Inner North are one of those groups that have just been reinvigorated as well by some new conveners. Um, so we've got three awesome new conveners and they're they're kind of in the stage of, you know, coming up with maybe like a plan, a focus um, of what they want to do for the next year or so. Um, so again, if you're in the Inner North and you're wanting to do some sustainability stuff, it's a really good time to join because you'll have, you, you know, whatever you want to do will 
probably be something that we, you know, more easily taken up than a really established group. So, yeah, go along and have a, have a chat. They're, they're having their first um, open meeting soon for um, members to get together and talk about what they might want to focus on. So that's really exciting. To take your ideas. Yeah. Exactly, yes. <laughs> mm, building it from the ground up. In a south. In a south, uh on a little bit of a lull at the moment and we're actually looking for conveners right now so um yeah if you're in the inner south (laughs) and you might want to lead a group or at least be part of it um yeah we'd love to hear from you um and see what kind of action can come from that is there an um sort of an age range well not age range but say someone quite young wants to get involved as a convener is there a minimum age is it like no, absolutely not. Someone yeah. high school could come in like, and do that? I mean, I'm 23 and I'm doing this. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, high school, you know, uni, ha- whatever, you know, yeah. retired, doesn't matter. Because I think this, you know, we just talked about a lot of young kids who are really into this yeah. and they might think, oh, I can't apply because I'm only 14 yeah, or 15. No, or, absolutely yeah. not. Like, we would love to encourage people of all ages um, to get involved. And that's one of one of the points of Sea Change that, like, why it was um, – kind of invented in the first place was to have that kind of intergenerational um socializing and knowledge sharing and Mm -hmm. things like that so um yeah i mean every kind of generation has a lot to give and in a different Mm -hmm. way so we're a lot more powerful when Mm -hmm. we can get together and share Mm -hmm. that rather than um only hanging out with people Mm -hmm. like us Oh, that's been wonderful. I mean, I learned about Sea Change through my elderly relatives yeah, who that's were involved awesome. in City Farm and then yeah. through City Farm Sea Change. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. I'm not quite sure where to go clockwise now, but uh, <laughs> let's do Woden. We Woden. talked about them. Yeah, oh, we love Woden. Um, so <laughs> Woden are working on what's known as the Super Shed. Um, so that's actually out at the Canberra City Farm. It's this old... Um, tin shed that was just kind of falling apart and vandalized and they've turned it into this incredibly energy efficient um, community space which is of passive house standard um, which is actually I think the only building in Canberra that has you know lives up to that passive house um, kind of criteria Um, so yeah it's it's really interesting building to go and have a look at Um, you can kind of see what materials they've used and they've they've used lots of different materials in in the different areas of the shed to show you a kind of comparison so it's a really awesome demonstration building for what you can do for any like community building or even home um yeah and so that's just i love it i love going out there and just like learning about you know a new thing that they've added and how it works and it's so fascinating um yeah, so that's it's not completed yet, but it's actually interesting <laughs> to go and have a look because you can see inside the walls mm-hmm. and things like that um, and kind of see the skeleton of it and how it all works. So, mm. yeah. I've had some really positive reports from the people from Southern Harvest who do their box packing for the, yeah. the multi-farm mm-hmm. community-supported agriculture scheme in there. And yep. I reckon it's so much better now. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It'll keep you so toasty in winter. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, and Tugranong. Yeah, so Tuggeranong is actually a pretty new group that started up last year um, from a few really, really keen Tuggeranong residents who, um, yeah, like most groups, you know, just said, okay, well, we want to do something, but we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Like, where can we go for some help? So that's kind of why they went for a sea change group. 
Um, and so far they've been having regular meetings with um, their members and doing some talks um, from people in the community with particular expertise like Brooke with her <laughs> composting and that kind of thing. Um, and now they're wanting to, like I mentioned before, um, team up with the Tuggeranong Exchange Group, which was that mutual aid group that um, started up from COVID um, and run a community garden, which is going to be really cool. So um, if they're successful getting some funding for that, um, It'll hopefully be in Theodore at this old site that actually used to be a community garden about mm. 10 years ago. Um, and, yeah, such a shame that it kind of fell out of use, but they're really wanting to reinvigorate that space, um, mm. run a let's kind of scheme out of there, um, yeah, and just get people together and in a really, um, you know, non, mm. non-scary, non non-threatening way, just really welcoming and, like, everyone can have a go and everyone can mm. contribute no matter what their mm. skills are. So, yeah, I really love that focus of theirs. Mm. And, you know, there's been a huge demand for community garden spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, like any new incentive to get another community garden off the ground, I'm sure it'd be really welcome. But yeah, absolutely. Mm. And how about, uh, have I missed any groups that we've got around geographically? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pity we don't have phone-ins that, you know, the listeners yeah, exactly. phone-ins and say, hey, what you've about got us? my group. <laughs> no, I think that's everyone. Subscribe and donate to 2XX and yeah. we will. <laughs> um, what about the uh, the areas surrounding Canberra? Like you've got sort of 10 and 20 acre suburbia all the way around at Royala yeah. and Sutton and, and Womboyne and all of this. Yeah. Is there any activity going on there? Because there's amazing p- potential oh, in that so sort of place. Oh, so much Because there's so yeah. much land available. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, yeah, we don't really have any, um, we might have a few sea change members who live out there, but we don't necessarily have any active um, groups doing things out there. Um, But it's definitely something that we'd encourage, you know, like it's, yeah, places like Sutton are just over the border. Um, yeah, and so much potential. So, yeah, any anyone from the kind of Canberra region who wants to maybe set something up and isn't sure where to start, you know, potentially sea change could be, you know, where to go. One port of call. Yeah. yeah. And are you able to operate in New South Wales or are you restricted to ACT? I mean, we can give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So do, do it first, ask questions. Yeah, yeah, ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> so um, I missed a lovely event you held last year and I'm really disappointed. It was, I think, part of the sustainable housing. Um, oh, yeah. A uh, special week or was it like some open houses? And I think it was yeah. the former executive officer, Edwina, was had an open house at her place in Maria. Yeah, that's right. So we do monthly sustainable house tours Mm -hmm. um, just from members of the community, not necessarily sea change members, just anyone with like a really interesting um, sustainable situation at home. Mm. Um, So yeah, our... um, Previous executive officer Edwina Robinson was a Canberra resident for a very mm. long time um, and worked with Sea Change, but moved down to a place um, down in Maruya where she built a um, house. I wouldn't sort of call it a tiny house; I call it a small, efficient small house. footprint. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and she, her kind of expertise lies in. Um, you know, sustainable landscaping and things like that. So um, she runs a business called the Climate Factory where um, she plants mini climate forests, they're called. So they create their own the mini climate. ecosystem? Yeah, exactly, yeah. within. So, like, for example, in summer, you're, mm. within your climate forest, you might have, like, a few degrees cooler than mm. outside. Um, but, yeah, so she's got some kind of that kind of action happening on her property um, that we had, yeah, a tour, sent some people down the coast, uh, which was fun. And apparently gave them a lovely lunch as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a really cool, like, um, I guess it's a community garden, but I think it also has some kind of 
restaurant action happening um, side by side in Maruya. Couldn't tell you what it's called off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Um, but yeah, there's some really awesome stuff happening mm-hmm. down there in terms of um, sustainability. No, that's fantastic. And I know on our Verge gardening episode, there was a lot of talk about people actually taking the Verge and turning them into microclimates too, like yeah. increasing shade, ameliorating, you know, the, um, the evaporation from, you know, overwatering mm. a grass Verge, which didn't yeah. actually serve any purpose other than needing to be mowed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that's something we can do in the ACT in terms of the height restriction because I know like on your um out the front of your place you can plant things up to 50 50 yeah 50 centimeters but even then like so worth planting something it doesn't have to be you know I think it was Melbourne Melbourne that had managed to do that so they actually were creating you know like almost like walk through areas and canopies of trees that were 10 degrees cooler than you know yeah and you can also (laughs) plant fruit trees and things that are just like you know available to the public mm-hmm. like you're walking past you pick an apple and it's mm-hmm. good to go you know so with your sustainable um house or sustainable open houses are they mm-hmm. going ahead during covid or have they um, just started up again yeah so we put them on pause during covid obviously um getting a bunch of strangers into your house probably isn't the best yeah. idea um, but what we've been doing instead um is sea change at home so that's been a weekly live stream on our facebook page every saturday morning at 9 30 um and so that is a sea change member or committee member or staff member um, Um, doing a walkthrough of their home or garden um, or something that they do at home um, that's probably low waste or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, low impact. Um, And, yeah, and basically just to um, show off what we're doing without anyone having to leave the house. Um, So that's been really fun. And we've got another one um, coming up tomorrow morning uh, with a young couple who have a baby and they live really sustainably and have an awesome like permaculture garden action. Is it 9.30 a.m.? 9.30, yeah, on our Facebook page. And it'll just be, yeah, live. So Fantastic. I think you had a lovely uh, one. It was a couple of weeks ago and the host was a renter and she was showing that even as a renter, you can still do all these amazing things that people get scared about investing money if they don't know they can stay there more than 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, she exactly. had everything so that it was actually portable. If she had to move, she could take it with her. Yeah. It was just beautiful totally. garden. Yeah. yeah, that was Tully who's on yeah. our committee. Um, yeah. yeah, and she said she's lived in many rentals where, like, she's just gone for it mm-hmm. and it's never been a problem, which is really cool because yeah. you don't want to have to really miss out on that. Um, like, that's what we do at our, our rental at home is just, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pot plants in the front yard. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's fair that people don't want to really invest in their gardens um, mm-hmm. if they're going to leave them behind. But there's so many yeah. ways that you can yeah. um, still kind of do that stuff at home even if you're renting. And I'm a renter too and a, a gardener and I have created a massive garden. People go, you're awesome. a renter, why did you do it? And I said, because gardens are important. Yeah. And, and you're whoever gonna... comes next is going to benefit from that garden. Exactly. You know, yeah. And all the birds and the bees and everything, yeah, they're going to And you want to enjoy it yeah. while you're there as well. Friends so. of mine who are custodians of a heritage property in Harrison, it's called Well Station. Oh, yeah. They've been there for almost 40 years now. Yeah. And they right. said they wish when they'd first moved in there, not knowing how long they could be there. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's a rental situation, if yeah, you can believe it. Yeah, it's a long it. time to rent. Um, <laughs> they said they wish they'd put fruit trees in. Yeah. Because exactly. 40 years on, imagine the fruit trees and the yeah. orchards they would have. Yeah, yeah I think we... could be making a living off the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we get a bit scared of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, yeah, rentals can be a little bit tricky, but, you know, yeah. a quick convo with your agent or landlord or something, just say, like, do you mind if I plant something? You can rip it out later if you really want to. Um, but, yeah, just to give it a go and make it a bit more normalised. Yeah. I think most landlords, you know, value a uh, you know, a tenant who cares enough about the property to make a garden. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're doing free gardening work for you. And they're you, also so saying, look, I'd like good. to stay here for some time. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. setting down roots. Yeah. Mm. I've got a friend, Anton, who the older Canberra residents listening might remember. Um, 
And he's actually the guy on the other end of the EV bulk buy down in Canberra with the good car company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, I used to know him pretty well when he was here. Every time he changed house, he would have put a lot of energy into the garden, but mm. he wouldn't leave it behind. He would put it all in his ute, dig up the garden, take yeah. the soil with him and put it at the new place. Yeah, <laughs> totally an option if you want to do it. And of course, because when you build soil, it gets bigger. Mm. <laughs> he wound up having to do five or six trips every time he moved. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he must have had some damn good soil. Oh, well, we've talked about soil on the show stuff, being yeah. such an important thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't going to leave it behind. Yeah. Yeah. After all that no, work he put into it. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. And also I saw that you do like something called birdscaping. Yeah, yeah. so that was a project um, that's pretty much finished up now. But um, I say finished up, but uh, you can go and enjoy the the site anytime you want. Um, So that was a project that pretty much kind of came to its end as I joined Sea Change, but I got to have a little bit of involvement in it. Um, And that's a site in O'Connor where – it was Edwina leading with her kind of um, mm-hmm. landscaping expertise and replanting this kind of um, blank slate of an area um, with lots of native plants to attract um, pollinators and provide habitat for insects and birds and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the trees are still quite young at the moment, but you can go and just hang out there. It's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the street's called, so you'll have to um, have a Is it have on a your website? Our website. Yeah, yeah okay. it should be. Um, is, yeah. it, is it David Street? Yes, it is. Thank you. I'm not an inner north person, so <laughs> I forget these things. But, yeah, it's really wonderful. And we got yeah. lots of people involved in that. There was a lot of um, community help and the school next door as well got lots of kids involved. So it was a wonderful project. We'd love to do something like that again sometime in the future. Oh, that'd be a great idea. You might want to get in touch with the Hall Honeys. So we had them on yeah. the show with um, Cormac Farrell from the beekeeper at Parliament House and they were right. just talking about urban beekeeping. And I live in Hall and we have a, oh, great. Um, a designation now where the first, Australia's first bee-friendly village. I did see that yeah. the other day. Yeah. So, so is that um, a goal or is that like they don't, they, We have achieved it and we're now yeah, a model awesome. that other, other people can use, other communities yeah. can use. So That's they wonderful. can look at how Congrats. we've done it and then take that model and apply it. Yeah. But the reason I'm mentioning it's because we talk about birdscaping one of the things that we're doing was um learning how to plant to encourage pollinators exactly of all sorts you know whether they're native bees honeybees or birds yeah um, insects and just to um landscape with that in mind yeah exactly Mm -hmm. because yeah habitat is lost Mm -hmm. like by the day so it is really kind of up to us to think okay well how are we going to provide that Mm -hmm. um when it's being taken away in other places so that's really awesome Mm -hmm. of hall i'm just Mm -hmm. so so happy about that we got i have to plug hall here we got a lovely grant from floriard (laughs) to um to plant bulbs because you know floriad's no longer in commonwealth park so a lot of communities were able to apply for bulb grants we got a grant of 4,000 bulbs yeah, and our men's shed built something like 250 raised garden beds wow. and put them all throughout Hall yeah. and then the community came together and did a massive planting for Floriad so wow. in bloom time I want to move to Hall um, <laughs> yeah in bloom time we're encouraging people to come and wander through the village and enjoy the beautiful plantings and yeah. you know spend some time have a meal you know and see yeah how lovely that's really it is. lovely but, I'm glad you guys embrace <laughs> that because yeah I did hear about um the bulbs being available for places around Canberra. Mm-hmm. And I hope there's some kind of like map or something. There is. Like, it's actually yeah. on the Floriad website oh, already. Great. There's a bloom map. Yeah. So and you can go on a kind of Floriad tour around um, Canberra. What type of planting? So mm-hmm. if it was like a, a community area like Hall where there's, you know, it's like a destination or yeah. if it's just a garden bed somewhere. Yeah. Cool. And you can actually see what was planted, you know, what type of bulbs, tulips, daffodils, um, you know, annuals, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and awesome. then I think when the 
um, plantings start to bloom, it'll the bloom map becomes active, so you'll be able to see mm. what's in bloom, so you mm. can plan oh, your tour. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So you've got um, – we've been through the geographic groups. Mm. Are there any of the other um, – what did you call them? Interest yeah. groups? Can't yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, Co-Canberra is one of those. I mean, I suppose <laughs> you've probably talked about it on the show before. Oh, I think our regular listeners have got a pretty good idea <laughs> yeah. what Co-Canberra is up to. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I mentioned before, um, the Wasteless Group. So they're really focused on reducing waste um, in lots of different ways, not just on the kind of personal household level, but also um, they were very kind of interested in um, the process of ACT government announcing that they're going to legislate bans against sing- some single-use plastics. So, um, yeah, working on those kind of different levels to achieve reduction of waste um yeah so that's a really really awesome group to join if that's like a really specific um interest of yours which i know it is for me um yeah and that's kind of where we're at with um special interest groups but we're always very happy for you know people to come to us and say you know would you support a group about so and so and if it kind of aligns with what we're doing then yeah we'd be really happy to help you set something up yeah Mm. so i guess for new listeners i Mm. should actually say what Mm. co-canberra does (laughs) yeah true true (laughs) so co-canberra is uh it's a group that's trying to build on the ground a new economy so we're looking at co-ops commons and communities so without community nothing else can happen Mm -hmm. so community's big and, and we're trying to do everything we can with that but uh, what we're concentrating on at the moment is cooperatives and building essentially recommoning uh, the means to provide for our needs through cooperatives so we're already paying bills if we can just organize an organization to provide those services that we need to pay our bills to then we'll be paying ourselves then it's localized we have control uh, democratic control over the money and mm-hmm. the services and everything else and and that changes a lot because at mm-hmm. the moment the control in particular of, of that money that you're giving away for your needs mm-hmm. is in the control of corporate entities mm-hmm. whose Absolutely. role is primarily mm-hmm. to make exponential profits mm-hmm. for their investors yeah uh, and a lot of the time they're investing that profit into really um, unethical industries like fossil fuels mm-hmm. and things like that. So That's it, I guess yeah. it's another way to kind of divest your money from that and put it into something really positive. Absolutely. So, yeah, our, our co-ops will have a uh, participatory budget uh, mm. group in each one of them to try and decide where the profits go. Yeah, and cool. that will be within a, a framework of building community, building more co-ops and, and supporting the ones that are there. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's and where we're at pl- at the moment. Plug Co-Canberra. So the, the last Co-Canberra meeting was on Monday. Yes. Um, and you hold these once a month, so people yeah. want to come along That's it. We meet up on the last Monday yeah. of every month. That's a good plan, isn't it? <laughs> good plan. Um, yeah, we're doing it by Zoom at the moment. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we meet down at the food co-op um, at 7pm on the last Sunday of every month and it's not an organising meeting. It's last a, Monday? It's an education on the last Monday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's not boring. Yeah. It's fun. Come and yeah. learn stuff. And usually we you have a, a, a guest with something that you... A theme or a guest? Yeah, we'll have some sort of theme. Um, we have done community development trainings as well using some of the asset-based community development mm. sort of tools. Um, just to practice those and, and it's actually been a really good way of getting to know the group as well. So. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the recording of last Monday's, which was a great program. That's about, right. That'll be out yeah, this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so check our Align in the Sound <laughs> website for that one. That's right. So oh, it, fantastic. Yes, yes. Align in the Sound is three aligned organisations, so it's that sort of Align. Wonderful. Um, so have you got anything else coming up? 
in the near future. Maddie, anything else that you want to, I mean, other than the thing we're not allowed to know about yet. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. Yeah, yeah, that thing's really exciting. So keep an eye out for that thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, in terms of sea change, like, yeah, we're probably going to start um, ramping up our in-person events again um, mm-hmm. and hopefully a few more social events mm-hmm. um, so we can finally get together and just chat to real people in real life and not on Zoom. <laughs> I'm quite sick of Zoom. I think probably a lot of other people are as well. So um, yeah, I would say just um, if you're really wanting to get involved in sustainability in Canberra, but you're not too sure where to start and you're not too sure what you're into yet, um, just keep an eye on our newsletter or our Facebook page or website um, and just come along when something strikes your fancy. So so and you'd it, sign up for the newsletter via Facebook or via yeah, the so website? On the website, yeah, yeah. Um, if you go um, just to our homepage and scroll down, you'll see a little bit to put in your um, email address. Um, and then the, the newsletter comes out um, every two weeks and it's got like a whole bunch of stuff like um, events and things in it, not just sea change events, but also events from other um, groups and organisations in Canberra. So it's just a really good resource to have if you just really want to stay in the loop and know what's happening. Um, Yeah, so keep an eye out on that. I will say, again, future film, (laughs) we'd love to have more um, young people involved because it's obviously been a really tricky time. So um, that's why we've extended it by a few months. So, um, yeah, if you're thinking maybe you want to make a film and be part of it, but you're not sure where to start, we have free mentoring um, from some really friendly and awesome and helpful mentors. Um, so, yeah, check out our website. You'll find it on there. Um, it'll be seachange.org slash futurefilm. Um, yeah, and, yeah, so in terms of sea change, there's kind of a lot of things in the works. Um, so keep your, keep your eye out on it. And in terms of Trash Gather, we are having a clean-up on the 12th of July, so in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and that's our first clean-up, like, post-COVID. So it's going to be really nice to just get together with people. Um, we did run a few kind of online-type things, which is fun because lots of people joined in from other places around Australia. Um, but it would be good to get back together with our Canberra crew and just, yeah, hopefully meet a few so, new so people. So what happens during Trash Gather? Like, what, what can people expect? Like, is it... Um, any any activity level like people who maybe not as mobile can still participate um, yeah for sure I mean it depends on the location some mm-hmm. are a bit trickier terrain than others mm-hmm. um, this time we're going to Coolamon Court and mm-hmm. the kind of surrounding areas so um it's probably medium <laughs> trickiness. Um, yeah, and basically we get together, we have a bit of a chat at the beginning, just do some introductions and a bit of a safety brief and things like that. Um, and then we send all our little worker bees off um, into the environment to pick up rubbish and we come back and usually have something like a picnic or a barbecue. Oh, um, yeah. Do they need to bring their Sit own collection stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Count all the rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. What did you find? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so what do they need to bring or is everything provided? Yeah, so we provide glass gloves, bags and claw sticks. So if you don't want to bend over every two seconds to pick up rubbish, then yeah. we've got a claw stick. It makes life a lot easier. Um, yeah, and just bring, I don't know, some good some good sturdy shoes, drink bottle, hat, all that standard outdoor stuff. Um, but yeah, the rest will be done for you and all you have to do is come and help us pick up some rubbish and it's really fun. It sounds lovely and you're going to provide them with some munchies afterwards. We usually do, but yeah. because of COVID, we're kind of just avoiding the sharing food okay. type thing. But, you know, sometimes we might go out to like get a burger after or something. Okay. So you're definitely invited. It's a great, great opportunity to meet some new folks. and Exactly, know. yeah. And it's it's a really kind of um, low-key way to get involved in kind of environmental action. Um, you don't have to know anything or know anyone. You can just be, you know, anyone and come along um, and just, yeah, meet some like-minded people. Um, we have no expectation other than that you might pick up some rubbish. So <laughs> it's very it's very casual. Conversation and rubbish, two good things. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I noticed on your website you had some um, really interesting videos 
photos and articles of things that you've been involved in prior that might inspire some folks. Yeah. So you could actually look at, um, you know, past events and past activities or incentives yeah. that were taking place. Exactly. Yeah. On the Sea Change website? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so on the Sea Change website, we've put together this kind of timeline um, of our past projects from basically when Sea Change started to now of all the kind of key things that we've done. Um, so, yeah, if you're feeling like, oh, I want to do something, what, what event could I run or something, you can have a look on that and it's awesome for inspiration. Like it doesn't go heaps into detail. It just has those kinds of um, ideas for you. Um, yeah, and it also just gives you kind of a, a history of sea change and where we've come from and what we've achieved over the years. So, yeah, it's a really great little resource. It's just a PDF. One, one thing go that ahead, um, yeah. I guess we, we catalogued these interviews as sort of a case study and a case study wouldn't really be complete without asking you uh, where you get your funding from. Yeah, so <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, so Sea Change is um, funded by the Environment Planning and Sustainable Development Directorate, bit mm -hmm. of a mouthful, um, from the ACT government, um, which is really, really wonderful that our local government um, supports groups like Sea Change um, and a few other environmental organisations as well. Um, and they see value in that, which we really appreciate. Um, but we also have members, um, we get donations and we sometimes run events, you know, we get event revenue and things like that. So um, just kind of bringing together all those little ways to kind of help us keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I'm, I was just trying to look it up quickly online and I couldn't find it, but um, apparently there's some incentives um, that have been uh, proposed or actually available for grants for anything that benefits the community um, yeah. in wellness. So apparently there's... Um, oh, okay, from ACT government? Yes, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of different ones. There's a, a mental health related one and yeah. then there's another one that's open to the general public and community groups. There's quite a few actually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if mm -hmm. you are someone who's thinking, oh, I've got this amazing idea but I don't know how to pull it off... <laughs> Have a have a look on the ACT government website and see what grants are available because your your ID might fit into yeah. one of many kind of things available. So, unfortunately, two major one two major rounds just closed on Monday. So that was community gardens and community zero emissions, mm -hmm. which is any project to kind of help the community lower our emissions, basically. Um, yeah, but there's there's wellness, there's um, city renewal grants, so mm -hmm. things that you you might want to do to liven up some areas in the city. Um, yeah, mental health. I'm trying to think of maybe uh, a women's grant to yeah. do projects to benefit women in Canberra. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch. Yeah. So, and the one I was thinking of is a new new one, and it was to do with anything that helps people um, from a wellness perspective after right. COVID. So, it was, oh, that's really so it was cool. related to what people went through during COVID, and now yeah. let's help people recover and get back to you know exactly. I don't want to say normal, yeah, but get, get back to balance. Yeah, um, and this was a grant. I think it was up to twenty thousand dollars. Okay, awesome. Um, and that's open. I think. Applications are open until the 17th of July. Yeah, so wonderful. Go check that one out. That's yeah, really I think that's really ideas. important because yeah. obviously we've, we've, I feel like in Canberra we yeah. feel like we've got over the hurdle of COVID yeah. but yeah. still all these kind of um, remaining issues that we're going to have to yeah. deal with yeah. for quite a long time. So, yeah, to to help the community deal with that together yeah. I think is really important. And that was open to, I believe, individuals through to organisations. Yeah, wonderful. So, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, if you've got an idea, anyone, come yeah. and hit us up and we might be able to help out. That'd be fantastic. Oh, so we're getting close to winding down here. Is there any other things you'd like to quickly chat about before we... Uh... I think I'm pretty talked out. <laughs> yeah? Anything else for you to add, Scotty? Oh, look, there's lots, but nothing we can cover in a couple of minutes. Exactly. We've, yeah, yeah. I've still got a couple of pages of questions, but... There's always a couple of extra pages of oh, questions. Oh, there always yeah. is. There always is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, 
Maddie Diamond from Sea Change. Thank you very much for coming along and uh, telling us all about what you're up to. No worries. It was wonderful being here. Thanks, guys. No, it's, it's just been fantastic having you, Maddie. And uh, if people want to get in touch with Sea Change, go to their Facebook page or go to the website would be the two best points of contact. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So our Facebook page is just Sea Change and our website is um, c-change.org.au. You have been listening to an episode of A Line in the Sound, the podcast made by Co-ops, Commons and Communities Canberra, Co-Canberra for short, the New Economy Network of Australia, or NINA, and Radio Behind the Lines from Community Radio 2XX 98.3 FM in Canberra, Australia. Co-Canberra is working towards a cooperative Commonwealth. Our work builds strong communities, extensive commons, and a network of climate cooperatives. The New Economy Network of Australia is a network of individuals and organisations working to transform Australia's economic system so that achieving ecological health and social justice are the foundational principles and the primary objectives of the economic system. Behind the Lines has been running for well over 30 years on Canberra's oldest community radio station, 2XX. We do extended interviews with anyone who's trying to make the world a better place. All three are volunteer-run, so if you like what you heard on this episode, join us and become the media. To join up with the New Economy Network of Australia, sign up at neweconomy.org.au. To help out with Behind the Lines, or to help our editing team finish off a mountain of good Australian New Economy info, which includes editing training, contact us at behindthelines98.3 at gmail.com and see 2XXFM.org.au where you can subscribe, donate and volunteer to Australia's only alternative voice, Community Radio. If you're not in Canberra, there's definitely one near you. To help out with CoCanberra, contact us at info at cocanberra.org.au That's C-O-C-A-N-B-E-R-R-A.org.au or come along to our monthly meetups, which we share with Nina Canberra Regional Hub, where we explore any and all aspects of the new economy. Find out what we're up to at cocanberra.org.au. And finally, if you want to help fund me, Scotty, to go full-time with this and lots of other related work, look up LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, and search for Community Supported Scotty. From there, you can find out about all my other projects and donate to help create a new appropriate economy. Thanks.